You're listening to Beyond the Jargon, a jargon-free look at graduate students and their research here at the University of Victoria. I'm Colleen, and I'll be your host today. My guest today is Jacques Saint Laurent. Did I say it right? Just beautiful. Oh, awesome. Yeah, like Great. That. Jacques is a master's student in biology at UVic, and I'm so excited to have him as my guest today because it seems like we've come a long way together on this journey. When I first got to UVic, I actually met you randomly on one of my first bus rides to UVic, and you were getting on and put your bicycle on the front of the bus, and I didn't know how anybody did that, mm-hmm. and that's kind of, I think, how we met. Yeah, I think that's a, a UVic special is the serendipitous relationships that exist simply because you see people enough times that you end up saying, hi, I see you around, how's it going? And uh, the bike on the bus thing became my daily, it was kind of my cheat. I'd get the bus up the hill and nice. then cycle down the hill. Oh, figure, yeah, totally. It's the only way to do it. Oh, my gosh. I don't even have a bike because I saw the hills here and I said, seriously? No, not happening. So good for you. Yeah, I like that. Okay, so you have your master's in biology. You're almost there, right? You've come. No, no. Actually, you know, amazingly, to everyone's surprise, I finished this April. So nice. um, it's taken me, I started September sort of almost three years before. So two years and two semesters which I think is pretty standard, but it surprised me, you know, how everything takes longer than you think. Yes. Um, but I finished all of that, and then I I imagine this is a commonplace experience, but you keep working with the material because then, of course, you want to try and submit the articles for publication. So I tell people, yeah, I finished the degree, and then they think you're immediately into something else, but, of course, you know, you take it with you, and you kind of have to keep the, the work rolling for a while. Okay, so is it for those that aren't as familiar with the master's process, do you have the actual letters after your name yet, or is that still waiting on approval? Like how much longer does that take when your coursework is done? Well, I like to put the little letters after my name after okay. all that time and effort, <laughs> but um, I believe that when your course requirements are met, you can get a little piece of paper saying you've finished the requirements. Ah. Then the Senate meets kind of mid through the next month. So I finished April, the Senate met in June, oh, May, I think. And then you get your certificate mid-June. That's just how complication happens. So I've got in a few weeks uh, kind of a nice evening of celebrations planned. Fantastic. Come here, pick up my certificate, go home with it, and then lay it to rest. Ah, gotcha. Okay, so well, now what brought you to a master's in biology? That's a, wow, that's 26 years of confusion and (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so it wasn't like this concrete plan. No, (laughs) No, I didn't wake up uh, one day and know it was my destiny. Well, I couldn't start anywhere, but I... I guess biology, it's trivial to say it, but in reality, Finding Nemo was a big part of my oh, ending up. <laughs> that's awesome. I love that movie. Yeah. Just keep swimming, swimming, swimming. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to do Dory quotes for the rest of the interview. Yeah. No, I promise I won't. There's but. a lot of characters and uh, no, but... um. But what did that bring out in you when you saw that? Well, I think, you know, I, I well, I grew up, I was lucky enough to grow up in a beautiful uh, kind of village in England, and um, nice. So hence the the funny accent, and so uh, you're a long way from where you started off from home. Yes, home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and um, I I guess you know living amongst uh, this beautiful river and hills and woodland areas, you kind of just 
learn to get fascinated by all this life around you. So biology was was kind of prominent throughout kind of school and time like that. And then it's funny, when I saw Finding Nemo, I thought, geez, you know, I really want to be a marine biologist. This stuff is cool. Like, look at all the shapes and colors. And I know that there aren't turtles going like, hey, dude, what's up? (laughs) But but at least, you know, I thought it could take me to some interesting places and that kind of thing. So I applied to do biology, um, specifically marine. And then just another kind of thing came up. Uh, I I ended up choosing a school um, in England called Exeter, which was basically because it had a surfer on the front cover of the perspective. Nice. You know how that happens. <laughs> yes. A lot of people choose a lot of things <laughs> in life based on that, the aesthetic, uh, an aesthetic image that just strikes them, right? Well, that's it. I think there's a theme because Victoria clearly had that same appeal yes. when it came mm-hmm. to searching for the masters. So ended up just doing a kind of a biology degree and then it was the opportunity to take a year abroad that brought me out to Victoria so mm. my third year of undergrad my prof just said you know to the whole class hey does anyone want to go to the states or to Canada to study for a year and I thought yeah that would suit me just fine uh, it's kind of funny the situation is not atypical I went to university with my girlfriend at the time mm-hmm. and then we ended up breaking up in second year and then I was suddenly like, what am I doing here? You know, like when when it seems like all the reasons you were there in the first place suddenly kind of disappear. I wasn't yes. sure why I was doing biology. I wasn't, you know, settled in kind of my personal life and everything. So the thought of here's a free ticket to Canada, go spend a year in the mountains, by the ocean, looking at, you know, trees nice. and bears and whales and 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 I thought, sure, I'll do that. So, yeah, that, that got me out to Victoria. Excellent. And so now that you're here in Victoria and you've been studying here, how has your biology, your thoughts on biology shifted? As you said, you're not perhaps swimming with the jellies, as they'd mm-hmm. say, in uh, Finding Nemo. Totally. Yeah, well, that, that was what I I think was kind of the most important element of my coming to Victoria. So when I came here, I was interested in biology. I was sort of aware that, you know, I'm a little person in the world who's grown up in quite a kind of a Western affluent sphere. But it was when I got to Victoria that that whole kind of sense of being a person in a much larger world around you, you know, with the whole issue of social justice, the issue of ecological justice, and, mm. and all those things came up for me during that year. And so it was really formative. I sat, you know, in Ring Road Res as an international student. It was the funniest thing ever, being amongst all these first years. Um, and what uh, did you say? It was Ring Road Res? Yeah, Ring Road Residence. It just ah, sits yeah, okay. just on gotcha. Ring Road. And, and I had all this time. I had, you know, as an international student, you're not under the same course pressure that you normally are. And... And so I started sort of reading about Gandhi and reading about Thich Nhat Hanh and Martin Luther King and all these pacifists and what they were working towards. And so I think I ended up wanting to do biology that could be something that could help people, help communities achieve their aspirations. Like it became important to me to ask questions about how I could lead a life that would be fulfilling and not, you know, not just land grabbing or getting all those luxury items that sort of stick out initially as your motivation for life. So it was kind of interesting that year. I really loved it. And and UVic is such a great place for that. Like I just found Mm. so many people Mm. had, you know, an exciting vision for what could be different. And so other people's interests kind of drew me out 
It's like I was nice. saying just before we came into the interview that last time I was down here was sort of talking about Darfur and, and the situation that was happening there. And that's mm-hmm. one of the things, you know, ended up in the group that's now called War Child at the time. Um, it was stand, you know, students taking action now Darfur. And, okay. and those things really educated me too. And I think once you end up on a path like that, you just get more and more drawn in. and, and uh, No turning back, so to speak. Yeah, well, if it clicks. Yeah. For sure. Would it be fair to say that you found a spiritual path somehow through biology? It sounds like a lot of the people that you were naming that you started reading mm. all were all have a very serious spiritual side to them. Mm-hmm. And it seems like instead of just focusing on biology as science and in a way where a lot of people think that science is completely removed from mm-hmm humanity spirituality when in fact it sounds from what i'm hearing you say that you don't feel that at all that you feel that they're both of them are very connected interconnected and i'd hesitate to ever try and kind of muddle my biology and, yes. and spirituality That's a very <laughs> which is what i like to do by asking questions <laughs> yeah really dangerous game to play no i think that the reality is is that we as individuals you know mm-hmm. are all those things and more so you can't separate yourself from you know what motivates you and and who you are as a character kind of feeds into why you do your work and ultimately Mm. what kind of work you produce so I guess spirituality is something that's always been it's kind of always been there I I'm the child or the son of a yogi mother who Ah. um who spends you know as many hours as there are in the day just kind of studying yogic texts and you know wrapping herself into pretzel shapes and stuff so oh wow yeah so I kind of grew up with that influence and it and that and and the more kind of traditional the catholic church and other influences have always always made me want to just dig dig kind of deeply into what choices i'm making and what kind of person i i'm choosing to be each day and so that's what i loved is that when i got to victoria i encountered you know just through reading and through people recommending you know, books on people that there are people that are combined what inspiration they got from their spiritual practice. You know, Thich Nhat Hanh was then Buddhism, Gandhi traditionally more Hindu or mm. like Martin Luther King Christian. So it doesn't really matter what faith, but there was something about their experience of practicing spirituality that gave them real capacity for change and insight. So without sounding too you know heavy about it I guess I guess that that kind of fed into what I wanted to do with biology and so I think as a biologist you're you're limited you know in some respects with science just because to do good science is necessary to absolutely you know to be as objective and impartial as as you can be but I chose to go into water research because Stunning international development, I recognize that that's currently still the biggest barrier to health and education in many regions of the world. And so... When you say water research, are you referring to drinking water? Yeah, exactly. So our water sources and how pure they are, how abundant they are, and this is going to be an issue really globally. Mm. You know, in the developed world, do we have enough water? Is our industry polluting water? In the developing world, is there enough water for food production? Is the water they're drinking full of contaminants that could cause disease? So, you know, I saw in this, and and water, of course, is such a spiritual element. It's something that, 
you find kind of commonly used throughout all the the religions so i remember writing a paper in my year abroad in geography about the spiritual significance of water in the hindu religion you know and and i guess like all these things tied in and then you know luckily uvic has this uh this big big water lab so it's a great place to come and study fresh water and and it all kind of clicked together so i actually didn't even really know that they had what did you call it a freshwater lab yeah so there's a program called the water and aquatic research program okay and but basically there's a a, an industrial research chair which means that the government's putting money in for a kind of a broad scope of research into water issues you know whether it's managing our water quality from an ecological perspective from a technological perspective that kind of thing so it's it's it worked out really nicely that not only did I love the environment here but the opportunities were here as well I like how you had opportunities present themselves and instead of rationalizing yourself out of them which so many of us do when we might when it might be taking us out of a comfort zone we might say oh well can I really afford to to leave my home for a year or can I afford to take this chance? Or, or you know, it's safer if I remain here in, in this program where I know exactly where I'm gonna, where I'm gonna go, what I'm gonna come out with. And instead, you chose to go off into the unknown, what sounds like a couple of times in your life. And so it's brought you to a place where it doesn't sound like the typical route that like a, a child thinks of, what do you wanna be when you grow up? Oh, I wanna study you know, drinking water and, mm. and its effects. And yet, and not trivializing that, it's the fact that you opened yourself up to something that, well, let's see where this might take me. And in fact, it's taking you to, in essence, something that's incredibly practical because it affects everyone. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting that this more spiritual, let's see where this path is taking me route comes up and here you are in something that I can't think of something more nobler right now to be mm. pursuing given the issues in the world. Yeah, well, that's a lovely way to put it. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't, I don't know how those people who were, you know, as kids who know what they want to be. I mean, that to me is mysterious because me too. I, I wake up most mornings not having a clue, you know, <laughs> thinking like, oh my goodness, I have to figure out, you know, what I'm going to do today. But um, you probably just made somebody out there listening very happy yeah. <laughs> if they felt that they were the only one who felt that when everybody else knew. It's trust me, you're not alone. And Jacques is proof and our inspiration for today. It's yeah, great. No, I, but I think that's a great way to live in some respects, you know, always, always being open to the fact that, yeah, there's a different you know there there are so many possibilities and while you're working on one trajectory you know always keeping an eye open for other things and the the reality for me is that over the last almost three years it's there have been really amazing kind of pluses to doing the masters and times where I've thought this is where I should be this is what I want to do and then times where you just think how is this research going to help anyone like what is the point of me putting all this effort into something that I probably don't even want to read let alone anyone (laughs) else right and and that's just the nature of research I think that everyone I've spoken to has those same thoughts and feelings and Mm -hmm. it's it's actually kind of part of the process and maybe also part of the value of doing the course is that you know you're you're putting yourself 
into a place where you can't be sure of the outcome. You don't know what's right. going to be produced, but but you stick with it and you make the effort and and you you know you hope that it kind of coalesces into something valuable. So it's actually really hard to judge, you know, whether right. whether you. I think it's hard for me to judge the, the the value of the work itself, but there's no doubt that as an opportunity to to have three years where I can sit down, I can work on a practical issue like water and all of those other avenues I spoke of, you know, like mm-hmm. joining the yoga center here, like playing my music, getting out into the, the mountains, the forest, like it's all together just, you know, being a really fortunate context. So, nice. Yeah. You seem to have a good balance of trusting your intuition, but also knowing it's okay to question the status quo, which to me is what makes a really good researcher, a really good scientist, as well as someone on a more spiritual path, are people that are willing to question Hmm. the status quo, and it kind of keeps you in check, keeps everybody in check, and I really like that. So now, now you have finished your major paperwork at Mm -hmm. the moment, but you were talking to me about a, a new adventure that is coming up for you and hopefully you know you know we know that you're going to let it take you where it takes you but what is the plan at the moment for this new adventure that will take you I think throughout the world is the current (laughs) plan right that's right yeah I've got on my calendar just depart around the world (laughs) I think that's uh, just pretty good illustration of how much I know about what's coming but for a while um I kind of, you know, so the I, I talked about the motivation for my research being mm-hmm. development issues. I think what's incredible is the amount and rate of change that's occurred globally in the last sort of 50 years, you know, kind of yes. coming out of the decolonization period, you mm-hmm. know, there was a real distinction, you know, between the developed world and the less developed world and all these things. And so, so I, I guess I picked up a lot of those paradigms and thought, yeah, you know, I have to get some skills and then head over to to a region that really needs my help and then start, you know, whatever it was, like building the water systems or like consulting, you know, this kind of thing. What I've come to realize is that all of these dynamics are shifting and the partnerships are now often between the, the like less affluent or you might term them developing regions. And so... I kind of realized, I don't know what's going on. I mean, yes. you know, you can pick up bits and pieces, but I've always had a vision to really visit and to visit in a way that allows me to connect with people mm-hmm. and allows me to connect with places. And so a couple of years ago, myself and my girlfriend got into just cycling everywhere. And uh, I realized this is just too good. It's great. You roll into any kind of village, town on a bicycle mm-hmm. and instantly... You know, um, you just meet people because I think you're not threatening, you're open, you're often off the beaten track. Right. Where if if you've shown up, you know, looking at a little kind of ragtag on your bike and and uh, smiling and open to conversation, then people naturally approach you. So, so anyways, we've kind of been formulating this idea. And initially, because I grew up in England, I thought I need to cycle to India. You know, I've been growing up yes. next to my mom doing yoga all these years to go and see what the buzz was about over there but now I've lived in Victoria three years it seems kind of crazy to get on a plane and go halfway around the world (laughs) to then go on a bicycle to go halfway around the world so 
we decided we leave from Victoria. And oh, um, that's exciting. Yeah. So <laughs> the plan. <laughs> so yeah, where do you start? Since Victoria actually is an island, there will be some way that you need to. I'm presuming you're not actually bicycling on water, so mm. I've got to believe there's a boat involved somewhere at the very beginning. But which, which area are you going to? Right. Yeah, so I, I preface it by saying I know there's brave people who've gone around the world human-powered. I have no illusions of, of <laughs> achieving such things. For me, it's it's about the travel, not necessarily how I travel. Nice. But yeah, so we're going to... We're building the bicycles right now. Um, I just decided if I'm going to do it, I want to start from scratch. So the good people at Recyclistas have had me in their basement um, as a total novice. No idea how to do anything useful on a bike. And Um, what is this group? What do they do? So Recyclistas is a bike shop found on the Goose, right? Just just on the edge near Uptown of Victoria, downtown. And they have a whole bunch of old bike parts and you can go in there and kind of there's lessons on Saturdays and Thursdays where they'll help you build a bike or fix oh, a bike or I didn't know that yeah and That's it's a fabulous. great it's a great service like it reminds me a bit of spokes but it's it's more of a business right okay. than a volunteer group but they they were kind of the answer to what I really wanted to do which was get an old mountain bike frame kind of fit it up with just solid parts not expensive parts but right. You know, learn how everything works by putting it together myself and then setting off with something that's cheaper that I know how to fix. Oh, by the way, when you do that, I've kind of learned, at least I learned through cars, that Mm. that makes them easier to repair on the road as well. The more expensive and unique the part, the harder it is to come by when you're away from home. (laughs) Too right, yeah. Well, you know, if I I guess if I had all the money in the world, I probably would have gone in and just got like a souped-up touring bike. And that's what a lot of people said to us when, when we started talking, not to the guys who sell the bikes, but the guys who like touring. Yes. They said, well, you know, in, in lots of places, you can't get those big 700C wheels. So if you get yeah. a mountain bike, you can easily replace wheels, you know, get the simpler parts that are, that excellent. don't break down. So that's how we've approached it. And um, so I've been down there the last couple of weeks and the bike's really coming together. Great. Uh, so when it's done by the end of the month, getting around to the initial question of where we're going we're going to hop on that ferry that heads down to port angeles excellent and uh and start the journey down the pacific coast oh beautiful yeah on a bike that you made that's fabulous that's great to me that adds to the whole trip the idea that you've been reading and learning about what people are doing in the world and it sounds like the impetus for the trip was to say okay before I can go and actually really help, I have to go and make sure I'm seeing up close and personal if I'm operating on assumptions mm-hmm. from things I've read or mm-hmm. if it's something I've really experienced and really at least know to the best that you can in the short time that you're there. You're trying to lessen that outside observer assumption that can often happen, at, at least from what I'm hearing and what yeah. I'm seeing in the way that you operate. And I think that in and of itself, it's a really wonderful recognition that just because you've studied something doesn't mean you automatically know how everything works, right? I mean, just because you've studied it from a a classroom, no matter how reputable the institution, you have to get from the university out into the real world and connect the two before I think you can really make 
your voice heard mm-hmm. in to the most people, in my opinion. Yeah, well, I think that's well articulated that you're right. I think when you do something like development studies, um, necessarily in an academic world, things are kind of, the assumptions are made and they allow you to to kind of categorize and to, you know, you have to develop theories, you have to have notions about how things are. And I I think all of that is really well and good. And And the master's has taught me a huge amount about myself but of course it doesn't you know provide me with a lot of appreciation and understanding about what I'm going to do with that self so I think that's more what the 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 idea of the journey on the bike is is um it's almost like a residency like what it would be like (laughs) you know to, to to be a doctor in a in a hospital there is a period of no matter how many degrees you have you still have to have that experience really out there in the trenches so to speak and knowing how it really runs because you can only guess you can have somewhat of an idea and it might even be from someone who's been out there and they they really know but until you've experienced it till you've seen it till you've smelled that tree that grows in that spot or you know what I mean Mm -hmm. I just think that's so valuable and so are you um, is your friend also studying or is this just happen to be something that the two of she agreed to go with you or is she maybe approaching it from an anthropology uh you know point of view or i hesitate to really speak for her so sarah and i have been together for about four years yes so yeah we've we've shared a lot of kind of mini adventures together and i think it's kind of part of her character as well to really want to explore and to to reach out she finished a degree in psychology and has been working with people downtown the sort of recently housed or homeless people and those suffering addictions so I'd say her angle is often quite kind of personal and interpersonal it's mm. about that human connection if I had to draw a distinction and I, I sort of like diving more into you know what's the political situation what's the history here and that kind of thing but I think hopefully those will interlace nicely yes, so as we travel like yeah but I mean both of us are kind of at a juncture in life where we want to kind of create I don't know a foundation of understanding mm. about where we want to go with life and so there's the spiritual search you know you talked about how we might apply things I think a little bit of it is about careers you know by observing how other people live and saying Mm. yeah that really appeals to me that's what I want but I think maybe it's more of a just a personal thing at the moment to to kind of find out who we are by placing ourselves in lots of different contexts and you know seeing what emerges out of that I mean say say we found like some wonderful project in Peru or Bolivia that we wanted to devote ourselves to I think we'd be really open to that um, oh, but if, great. if our journey took us around the world and back to Victoria and, you know, uh, we, we came back to a similar lifestyle that we're leading now, then that would work too. So no prescribed outcome, I think, for either of us. What I really like about what I'm hearing, and I'm, and I'm sure there are some listening, listeners out there thinking the same thing, is that there isn't one way to have to use your degree right? Even if you've gone to school right out of high school and you went straight through and you finished a degree, that doesn't mean then you have to just step right into a lab or an office or whatever. You can get out and learn things in a different way because there's so much pressure put on people of what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do? That I often think people jump into something so that they have an answer 
oh, I'm going to do this. Yeah. And they might n- not be that happy. They might have felt that they've settled. Whereas you're going forward with a, a, a different way, a different perspective. I find that really inspirational. So I want to thank you so much for being my guest today because I've actually learned more about you than even some of the great conversations I've already had the opportunity to have with you. So thank you again for coming on Beyond the Jargon. Oh, it's a total pleasure. Yeah. yeah. It's a delight to share. Totally. This This was great. Again, thank you for listening to Beyond the Jargon on CFUV.